branded podcasting was one of the first things that I thought this would be perfect for. And I really still personally believe that branded podcasts are one of the biggest untapped opportunities in podcasting because there are just so many companies out there that don't yet have a podcast. And podcasting really is, you know, on the up. Soon it will be, you have to have a podcast. It's not just a nice to have. Um, and I think voice technology will, will spur that on as well. You know, we're already asking for a lot of audio on demand. So I feel like more and more companies just need to have content on demand. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Carl Robinson. Just to go on from there, branded podcasts, um, I was going to ask you where you thought they would be able to make use of this technology. Mm. But yeah, you, you did kind of just answer that. If there are other things than, than maybe having a different host record, mm. um, what other uses have you seen it used for in branded podcasting? Yeah, so branded podcasting was one of the first things that I thought this would be perfect for. And I really still personally believe that branded podcasts are one of the biggest untapped opportunities in podcasting because there are just so many companies out there that don't yet have a podcast. And podcasting really is, you know, on the up. Soon it will be, you have to have a podcast. It's not just a nice to have. Um, and I think voice technology will, will spur that on as well. You know, we're already asking for a lot of audio on demand. So I feel like more and more companies just need to have content on demand through voice interfaces. But that's a, you know, that's a catalyst. But in general, um, I think podcasts are very, very useful for brands for lots of reasons. And brands don't necessarily need um, like a, a personality driven podcast where there's this flowing back and forth and everyone's laughing and there's some witty jokes and, you know, the things that people typically think are a podcast as as podcasting like video has um, becomes more mature, there'll be more and more different formats. And some of those formats are more informative, they're more um they're more serious. It's more about uh, educating the audience. It's about it could just... even be internal, you know, like you right. could have an. Uh, it could only be for staff. So. Absolutely, and and internal podcasts make a lot of money, like for, mm -hmm. for the people who make them. Um, yeah, I met a, a chap, and he he charges a company a hundred thousand dollars a year for doing a, a a weekly internal podcast just for sales enablement, just um just to encourage the sales staff in this huge organization to sell the new product that they've you know spent a long time building by educating them on the features on the pricing on the commission structure like all the reasons why they should bother to learn how to sell this new product rather than just stick with the ones they already know so yeah that's, that's an example <laughs> yeah fascinating too i mean i i started out my career working as a salesperson mm. so yeah having the ability uh. to listen to a podcast and get all the information that you need about that product or that service. Wow. Like that's, that would yep. save a huge amount of time. <laughs> I bet. And you're on the go, I guess, like as a salesperson, you're out and about, you know, podcasts mm -hmm. are perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. So what are you thinking of industry trends? Are you seeing particular things happening in the, in the realm of uh, podcasts, for instance, that, um, that Rumble Studio can definitely help with? Yeah, I just, well, for a start, podcasts are, are growing, like more people want to do podcasts. And I think with the, yeah. the great numbers of people who are interested in creating podcasts, there's more and more demand for tools that make that easy. Not everybody wants to commit their entire weekend to doing podcasts. A lot of people 
aren't doing it for the love of podcasting as it is kind of considered now you know for a lot you know a large percentage of podcasters i think it really is a labor of love you know and that's why a lot of podcasters they say it's an art form you know i put my heart and soul into this thing and it's because they do you know like it is a lot of work but for i think for the businesses you know if you're just in some marketing department or if you're a communications department who just wants to do an internal podcast you're not there for the love of the podcast right you're talking about stuff in the company you just want to get that content out you just uh, you just need a, a, a standard repeatable workflow that's easy to do that you can capture audio from your employees you can edit it easily and you can just push it out easily that's what they want um and so i, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for brands and a tool like rumble studio could be great for that um, we're actually mm -hmm. um, speaking with a, another company called Hypecast, who produce a, an app for uh, for companies to consume that. And there, there's many other apps. So there's Storyboard, there's Field uh, Fieldcast, I think it is. Um, but the Hypecast have got a great product, and you know partnerships with companies like that can actually provide these companies with a complete solution to create the the content really easily and then push it out uh, across all of their organ you know organization um, in a secure way that you know everyone can enjoy it. So, yeah. This is, uh, it's just the beginning. Yeah, it sounds like it. There's so much to do. My goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, so how about the sound of what is being produced? Do you think that matters? Is that, uh, are, are people getting used to not so great audio in, in podcasts? Or are they going to demand that people actually sound better? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think that there's a, there's a happy happy medium uh, that if it's I, I always say that if the the speech is unintelligible or it's or it's hard work to listen to then that is a that's an absolute no-no if, if i turn on a podcast and it's at all difficult to listen to i'll just turn it off immediately um but then i don't think that i'll necessarily listen to a podcast only because it's got fantastic you know sound quality so it's a if as long as it's good or just a bit better than good, <laughs> then I'm I'm happy. And anything more than that is just a plus. Um, and and yeah, I think uh, I think as more people create podcasts, they they realise that good enough is good enough. You know, like uh, that. I think there's there's more and more of that trend. And the more people I, I speak to in the industry, the more I th you know I find, especially for for use cases like internal podcasts and things where it's not going out and there's not the brand behind it, then it's then it's fine. Obviously, for your for your um, your big branded podcast, you know, if you're making a podcast for eBay or BMW or something, yes, it needs to be flawless. Um, but there's a lot of podcasts that, that don't need to be. And uh, and the tools these days that enable uh, good uh, sound recording, like the microphones on smartphones are now excellent. There are tools that APIs like Orphonic and uh, Resound is a new one um, by Resonate that just clean up the audio automatically. Um, there's noise reduction, like companies like Crisp. Uh, there's Omanar removal. Again, uh, Resound and other companies do this like automatically with AI. There are so many tools that you can add to the stack, many of which we plan to integrate into Rumble Studio, have you know? Um, is, uh, wow, <laughs> it's, that's it's a almost, lot though. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you don't have to do by hand anymore. So like you add all of that in and already you've got something that sounds pretty decent. You know, like you don't need to have a studio and, and everything to be mm -hmm. able to get something that the average listener is more than happy with. So. Does it start to sound synthetic, though? I mean, people have ums and ahs. People speak with pauses. Like, you know, like, how, how much is too much? <laughs> no, I totally agree. Actually, I don't think you should remove the ums and the ahs. I never did it on my podcast. And I don't really mm -hmm. understand the people who spend hours doing it. Just leave it. You know, that's what people said. Um, I don't want people <laughs> removing my ums, you know. <laughs> I am for a reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
yeah but yeah it's, it's, it's true yeah too much processing and it's too much yeah yeah so i guess like you said there's a happy medium we need to sort of figure out what that in between is <laughs> yeah just yeah. You, know, you know real was... enough to still be human but yeah but yeah go ahead exactly yeah you don't want to remove if you remove the the human quality from the voice at all then i think that's that's the same as it being unintelligible you know it uh -huh. becomes inauthentic then and yeah but i was going to say as well like i think people are, are getting more and more um used to consuming synthetically produced content like the visuals that we see special effects um the uh, filters and everything you get on Instagram, you know, now we're seeing AR type filters, you know, like actually putting objects in the world that don't don't actually exist there. And I think the same is going to be true with voice, you know, like enhanced voices, uh, transformed voices, just completely, uh, completely synthetic voices. I think people are becoming more and more uh, accommodating to that. You're seeing it appear in mainstream media, like on Netflix and everything else. Um, yeah, I just think that it's, it's a trend that will just keep continuing and and people are going to be more and more open to this kind of synthetic stuff. And yeah, and then maybe someday soon we'll have that discussion about has it gone too far, so. Uh -huh, yes. Hello, I'm Mark, and I have one minute to tell you about a newsletter I think you'll enjoy. You already know the power of the human voice and how good sound can affect us. Well, in my newsletter, The Big Minute, I pick out 60 seconds from a recent podcast episode and tell you why I think it's remarkable. As someone who's been podcasting for 15 years, I'd like to think I've a good ear for this stuff, and I'm a pretty picky listener, so if you're ready to discover some new shows and find out what makes them stand out, head to thebigminute.com slash audio branding. New issues arrive in your inbox every Sunday. There's no spam, no clutter, and there's even an audio version of each issue. Again, to join me in uncovering what good sounds like, head to thebigminute.com slash audio branding. Okay, that's my time. Back to you, Jody. It's really interesting, too, because I know like the human psyche has changed since all of this began, too, because perspective is everything. I mean, a hundred years ago or so, they had a film where a, a train was on the film and people were watching this train moving and they oh, yeah. ran out of the cinema because they thought the train yeah. was going to run them over. <laughs> <laughs> like people yeah. didn't understand that the film was a film construct and it was not going to come out and hit them. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You know, How quaint. We didn't you know. know. <laughs> Yeah, but like our, our brains hadn't been wired to figure this out yet. So now there's so yeah. much out there that is synthetic that we have learned to appreciate for its own use and, and good and mm. and things that are, would never exist in our real world, we can create, yeah. you know, so yeah. I, I, I mean, I saw something on YouTube, you know, that people when they when they confronted with information that they don't agree with they don't like they'll immediately just cry deep fake you know like they don't believe it it's synthetic so it has this uh, this downside as well where it creates mistrust that what can you believe like is anything real why care i give yeah. up you know yeah it's <laughs> so. so true i think that's why the the watermarks and things like that are so important that we need to get that figured out because then people can definitively say look this is real look this is not <laughs> mm. you know i mean if we can definitively make that assessment and let people know 
you know, that's why Snopes and stuff like that are out there, right? To yeah. to help people understand, yeah, we've right, done the right. research and <laughs> this is not true and this is true, <laughs> you know. You just For have sure. to know to look. So. Yeah, I mean, didn't Facebook and the other, they, and Twitter as well, don't they add little tags to, to stories that they deem likely to be untrue? Yeah. Um, we yeah. Do, do, we, do we have that for audio? I don't think that... And, you know, I don't know if I trust Twitter or Facebook to make that assessment. That's the thing, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, it it depends on who's making that assessment. So, yeah, this is Mm. a a really interesting ethical question that I think that all of us need to be asking, especially in the synthetic voice space, because that can there are bad actors everywhere. And I don't want to ruin everything for one bad actor, but we have to be able to protect ourselves as well. So, mm, you know, there, mm. there has to be, like you said, that happy medium, you know, <laughs> right. how much can we do before we go too far in the other direction and we can't tell the difference? And if we can't tell the difference, then what do we believe? Yeah, it has a, the opposite effect, right? And then if yeah. nobody believes in the information they're seeing on these platforms then the platforms will die a death, you know, like why visit exactly. them anymore? Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting question. And I think that the, the, the legal and ethical ramifications are very important to look into, um, not just for Rumble Studio, but for everybody in any space that's making anything synthetic. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. And it's, as a company that is, is looking forward to adding synthetic voices to, you know, to its technology, what are we going to do to make sure that those voices uh, come from people who've given permission all those voices you know like we'll have to vet the vendors that we work with I and mean, not exactly. obviously not anyone can integrate their voice in, uh, into rumble we'd be working with partners that we you know we've done a deal with and we've done some kind of integration but still mm-hmm. maybe they have a hundred voices in their library How, are we going to check every one of those voices and what do we do if somebody says wait a minute that sounds like me you know like yeah, <laughs> that down. yeah. so it's a tough call i know that um mm. myself and a colleague of mine adam lofbaum are working with the open voice network Oh, yeah. And I don't you've I, I don't know if you've heard of them or if you're working with them already or no yeah I've I spoken with uh, John Stein I think we did uh, yeah. an episode together but uh, I haven't yes. worked with them uh, apart from that yeah yeah so through the Open Voice Network myself and Adam did a test with a company called Beyond Words and uh, we did a synthetic voice for each of us and so that's on their network and they have other voices I think that they've gotten from like I, I don't know uh, public. Alexa and, you know, Google mm, and mm. whatever, you know, the, the ones that you can get from anywhere. And they've also done some of their own voices as well. And uh, and the technology is getting better all the time. It's just less and less utterances are needed to get a pretty comprehensive voice print, which is ask. very impressive. Yeah. How much did you have to do? Um, I had to do 2000. And uh, that's basically two hours, I guess, two of, hours. of, yeah, about two hours. But I mm-hmm. know a colleague of mine who did 10, like only, I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe. And and that was what she needed to do. So, 10, wow, you know, it, me, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just getting, the technology is getting better for us to be able to make this quicker and more easily. Mm. And uh, yeah, and the the vocal tone of what they came up with was really good. I was very impressed. Oh yeah, so the models these days are incredible. I think it's yeah, like you say, it's it's, it's more competing on how much data do they need upfront, how long does it take to train the model, how quick is the generation, all of these kind of practical elements. But now, like if if you give them, you know, if you if you train it long enough with as much, with enough data, it sounds incredible. Yeah. 
It really I still does. haven't heard a, a perfect clone of my invoice. I don't know about you. Like you can still tell, right? It's not, oh yeah, it's hard. But I yeah. think it's the intonation that's the problem. Mm. It's not the vocal tone itself. It's the intonation. It's the yeah. matching of the words. It's it's you know how something is phrased as opposed yeah. to how it sounds, right? So it's it's uh, an interesting. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. Yeah, exactly. Because mm. you'd have to have had a script that had all contingencies of different pronunciations of words in conjunction with other words. <laughs> yeah. And the ideas as well, right? Because it's, it's just yeah. too much. There's no way you could have a data set that has every syllable, every combination of all syllables ever, you know, like in every any possible phrase. It's just ridiculous. Well, it so. would be a lot more than 2,000 utterances, let's yeah. just say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine. Yeah. yeah so, so it could get big. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I guess these, and that's what they always say about these models, which is absolutely true. And that, that whole thing about that Google engineer saying that, you know, AI has become sentient. That's, I hate stuff like that because it pops up every, every few months or every few years. And mm -hmm. you just think, oh, like it's so far from being sentient. It's not funny. You know, like if you ever work with, with AI and the amount of, uh, you know, wrenching and, and, you know, like sticking things together with, uh, with glue, you know, it's just, it's just mad. Like how, how far from sentience it really is. Um, but, you know, this, you know, the, those models that you create don't understand anything that you're saying. There is no, there's no understanding of the information and the context. It's just repeating what it's already been exposed to in terms of the data. So the more data you give it, yeah. the better it can be, but that's it, you know, like. It so. is fascinating. I, I actually did a podcast, a solo podcast previously about machine learning and music and hmm. the, the machine deciding what a popular song would be and then creating something. And listening to what it created was really creepy because it was like mm. it it emulated everything that a top 40 song would be, but it was completely soulless. Like it was just yeah. like it yeah. just sounded so off. And I it does. And and it had a vocal. It the vocal wasn't really saying anything. It was it wasn't forming words. It was making That's even worse. It was making, yeah, it was making <laughs> syllables and like sounds, but it wasn't really, it was really, really strange. So yeah, I, I, I definitely can like hear what you mean <laughs> as far as it not really understanding what yeah. it is that it's doing, but it's emulating and we're teaching it how to emu emulate better. And I don't know, maybe it will develop sentience at some point. I mean, you know, <laughs> who knows? Hopefully not in my lifetime. I don't no, should, I'm not looking know. forward to that either. <laughs> no, this is something else that researchers and tech entrepreneurs love to talk about is, you know, super intelligence, you know, and the moment it becomes intelligent, it becomes super intelligent. And, and uh, yeah, there's all these, uh, these theories about like how it will grow and start making paper clips and take over the world and stuff. And maybe it will once it happens, but I hope that's not in my lifetime or, or my children's I think it can do better things than make paper clips. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But I mean, you have to ask it, you know, and maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Well, one would hope. I don't know. <laughs> Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. 
If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now back to the podcast. I want to ask you before we before we end here, what you're working on now in particular, if you want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So a bit of self promotion. So we're we're crunching now because we've got a, a lifetime deal coming out. I can't tell you with which company, but it's a well known one um, for Rumble Studios. So we're an early company. You know, we've got our first users, but this is a, a big chance for us to 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 offer our, our products for life for uh, at a huge discount to get our first uh, few hundred users um, before we raise our, our seed round. Okay. So uh, two requests really. Um, one is if you're interested in Rumble Studio and, and creating uh, creating audio at scale, having a you know having a try experimenting with uh, with asynchronous interviews, um, then you can go sign up for a, a free trial now, just Rumble.studio. Um, and uh, if you really like it, then you can sign up for the uh, the lifetime deal. So uh, that's the uh, that's the plug. Great. Um, and uh, yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and how can people get in touch with you if they want to do that? You you mentioned the yeah. Rumble Studio website. Is there any other way? Are you on social media? Of course, yeah. If you type uh, Rumble Studio into to any social media platform, you'll see us. Just look for the the yellow logo. Uh, or you can uh, contact me, just uh, Carl at Rumble Studio. Drop me an email. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been a really enlightening conversation, and I'm I'm glad that we had it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.